welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and the famous Matt Burt Sports sitting across from me. Good morning, Matt. Where's my coffee? <laughs> I'm not famous. Oh, Come I, on. I, I have my Circle K coffee. Not the best coffee in the world, but it gets you going. Well, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Coffee's coffee. It is. And we have an intern in today, Elizabeth. Good your morning. La- what was your last name? Donaldson. Donaldson. Do you drink coffee? Every day. What kind of coffee do you drink? Uh, I drink so much coffee that I have to go cheap and buy in bulk from Costco and get up 15 minutes earlier to make it at home. That's how <laughs> addicted I am. <laughs> a whole pot. Have you ever finished a whole pot of coffee? Uh, I don't do a pot, actually. I have graduated. I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I use an AeroPress. Okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're fancy. Um, Too fancy. It's quote-unquote espresso, but it's only a $20 setup. It's just a plastic tube where you press the hot water and the grounds in together so it's quote-unquote espresso but not technically yeah there's something about a coffee pot that you know mm, some hits me hope yeah i know kevin gets his morning i I didn't have mine this morning you know take cue after her with what she does espresso in the morning every day are you kidding this thing has lasted me for three years and it's still going wow which is saying something because for me i tend to be a little hard on my hardware so to speak so the mere fact that it has lasted this long with me, I think, is a credit to its uh, design. Nice. Now, are you a student here as well at UCI? Yes, I am. I have one more year left. Wow. Yeah. So what are you uh, majoring in? I'm majoring in English. Today's episode should be fun <laughs> to have you with you guys. We definitely need to know. If you need to correct us on anything, please do. Feel free. <laughs> oh, God. That, don't, that doesn't apply to me because we'll spend the entire show. Oh, nope. That's an adjective. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's fewer, not less. Ah. About good fun here. I mean, we're, we're pretty relaxed. We talk a lot of sports, but we also focus a lot on UCI sports here as well as the local sports. You know, we had the L.A. Rams camp. I don't know if you yes, saw that. I, I've seen all the, the girls lining up to watch. Yeah. No, the girls. <laughs> what about the large humans walking around on campus? I tend to be too focused on getting to the parking structure in time. Ah, I see. Priorities. Yeah. That's the thing. That parking garage fills up fast. You know, we got the fans coming in, plus, you know, the players on the already here. Well, they were staying in the dorms, but I don't know where they parked. Probably some secret location to keep probably safe. yeah but it's hard it's hard not to miss them These well, are such large human beings like you said I, I i have some insight on that they have golf carts yes because I, I would drive by where they kind of stayed in those dorms and they have just rows of golf carts rows and rows of golf carts and i think they just drive them there and they stay in the dorms fun fact of the day tell you what a little rams camp update been a lot of fun we had media access to it which was quite nice and you, you kind of see the inner workings so they get a little touch of uh like the media world of artist twyman he's the senior director of uh, the los angeles rams for the communications department and you really get to see a little taste of their world what goes on artist really protects the coaches he's the one that tells you all right guys two more questions left the press conference he's taking care of them i didn't really get a chance to talk to anybody on thursday because it was like the last day of school they had a 9.30 practice, but it was nice. All the UCI uh, people from the media and the sports. I think that was the bigger thing for us. I mean, yeah. being able to connect with the UCI so that we can get some more access than we did in the past. Oh, we we will, definitely. It, it, it was a great experience for that, but I did get to talk to one coach off the record, uh, Coach Aubrey Pleasant, who's the quarterback's coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Watching him 
coach. And even though if you're not a sports fan, what I saw him do on the field, every practice, doesn't matter if they're just doing just, okay, we're practicing corner drills or whatever it is. Every time his defensive player made a play, he runs out there, shakes their hand, congratulates them like, great job, great job. He's exactly what you're supposed to do. And when they make a mistake, he'll pull them over like, hey, that's all right, but this is what you need to do. You got to turn your body this way. I mean, he's he's coaching, he's teaching, he's so passionate. The guy's running all over the place. And I went up to him, I said, uh, Coach Aubrey, I said, I just really enjoyed your passion and the way you you enjoy coaching. He goes, you know what? He goes, he goes, this isn't a job for me. He goes, it's a vocation. Hmm. He goes, I love teaching. I love coaching. He was just a really nice man, really down to earth. They gave out rankings of the top coaches in the NFL from 1 through 32. The LA Rams were number two. Wow. To see why. It's this hands-on approach. I, I know... I know who you're talking about, too, and he definitely is an amazing motivator. If there's a chance that you get to go and, and watch a practice of the Rams, I would stand by the cornerbacks. He just did an amazing job of motivating his players. I stood over by him and watched his version of the practice, his hands-on approach, as you were talking about. Just amazing. I mean, the way that he was able to connect with people, the way that he was able to bring them back in and kind of talk to them when they made a mistake, he just does an amazing job. I know exactly who you were talking about, and, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I asked him, though? Uh, he was with his father, too. He introduced me to his dad. His dad was really cool. I, I just said, Coach Aubrey, you know, even though I wasn't recorded, I, I said, let me ask you. I go, who has the faster 40 time, you or Coach McVay? And he just started laughing. He goes, ah, oh, he goes, I haven't ran the 40 in forever. And I, I'm thinking, like, yeah, between you and Coach McVay doing the most of the running in practice, the Coach McVay is their head coach, and he'll be running routes with his receivers just to hammer home a point. And he runs a route with every single receiver. Probably his way of getting a workout. Well, he's a young guy he's 32 years old for a head coach mm-hmm. you figure yes. Moses you're not going to see Bill Belichick running routes yeah Bill Belichick is what I'll go pushing 60 by the way they were the number one coaching staff in the NFL oh, of course <laughs> for obvious reasons and for you probably don't reasons. even know but you got to know the Patriots are a dynasty oh for sure it sounds like uh, both of them they're the they have the marks of good teachers and good coaches. Uh, the teachers that I have liked and enjoyed the most have been the ones who have had that same hands-on approach that you just described or were willing to put in the same effort and the same toil as it sounds like Coach McVay does. So they both sounds like they're both good leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's where we can kind of agree on, even though you don't know much about sports per se, but that's a huge part of the sports is the coaching and the teaching. And that stays the same in all, in, really, in, really in all facets of life, I think. Mm-hmm. All professions and so yes. forth. Yeah. Yes. I've had a couple of teachers who have actually said to me, oh, think of me as if I were your coach. And those tended to be the ones who were the best teachers. It's about leadership. Leadership isn't something that is, I mean, learned as you go, but it's something that is kind of from within. Like teachers are one of the most important people that we have out there. They mold and they shape the core beings that we are. Like everyone has been affected by their grade school teachers. Someone has had an influence on someone's life. And when you're growing up, you have to have that kind of role model to understand what's right and what's wrong. And then being able to like learn the lessons as you go so i think that teachers are so undervalued and i think especially the ones that can teach in multiple languages i think that's one of the most undervalued professions in our country right now oh absolutely i mean people who can talk in multiple languages you see in baseball the translators with coaches being able to have two languages and connecting with people especially with everyone in this country it's a giant melting pot i mean the fact that you can speak dual languages and teach in two languages and connect with so many more kids they need people who can speak 
two languages. And to do it in real time. That's what's impressive. They're doing it in real time, deciphering two languages. And they're able to teach kids on top of that. That's so valuable. I think that's one of the most valuable professions that there is. It's it's very challenging. You know, when I was doing my voiceover classes, they're also doing a spokesperson where you have an earpiece and you're listening to what you're supposed to be saying. So you're like two lines in and then you're repeating. So it's it's weird because you're you're feeding it through your brain and then you're saying it out. But you're already like two lines ahead and it's just it's the weirdest thing. And it's just like now I can kind of understand what they're doing, but I can't do it in two different languages. Yeah, for something like that, you have to you have to disengage your brain a little bit and you have to stop thinking about what it is that you're saying and doing. You hit it right on physically. Exactly. That's one of the hardest things is to pick up these phrases that they have and be able to kind of push forward with it. A lot of the things that you take in context are like I, I'm trying to think of a phrase, and if you can help me out, where you, you like we all say it and we know what it means, but for someone that is foreign that's no, learning I, I basic English, there's just even words. There's so many word. There's so many meanings for one certain word, and I, I know we're thinking on the spot, so it's like, oh, we're trying to think, but we need to be talking. <laughs> it depends on the um, on the context too, because True. a word, certain contexts require certain words certain uh i'm trying to think on the spot too certain synonyms that you think okay well this one word yeah technically but two words might mean the same thing but you tend to use one in one context and use one in another context um you don't use the word smart and the word intelligent interchangeably sometimes it depends on whether you're in a casual setting talking with your friends versus whether you're trying to impress a professor or colleague and you want to use multi-syllabic words to sound like you're smarter than you are i'm not speaking from experience. i don't even know what multi-syllabic means <laughs> but we need her here i tell you what <laughs> yeah just, they, just on the, the intelligent side <laughs> well, you know what they that's why they said they that's why they um send her here it's because they're like these yahoos need <laughs> need to get their english right sitting there talking about sports jock it's okay your guys coffee is probably still kicking in i'm i have a bit of an advantage i had mine about two hours ago wow up that early i I joined you i had my coffee about 5 20 a.m when i started when i left out for work Uh or work i mean for here Uh kuci I mean, I was in bed yeah. 30 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. See, well, he has the pleasure. I mean, he just lives right around the corner. You know, oh, I, I drive okay. in from Lake Forest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I actually live near Oceanside, so. Oh, you're even further. Oh, down you're down far. There. Yeah. Uh, nice yeah. down there, though. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, some of the areas around there, like the South Coast Highway and uh, some of the streets in Carlsbad, it's nice because there's constant, uh, there are small business owners that are constantly trying out new things and trying out new restaurants and coffee shops and trying to think of what else. There's a couple of good thrift stores around there. Um, so it's nice because, you know, you can go out once a month and just walk around and see what's new and try a new place and it's fun. Yeah, it's really expanded. It's, it's still a beautiful place. We had to make sure that we picked a place to live that was a little further away from all of the the dive bars and whatever else, just because right. the, uh, the DUIs tend to concentrate along one or two streets. But we're in a we're in a nicer, like, quieter area. Yeah, you want to get in that nice little pocket area so you can really enjoy why we live in California, the beaches. Mm-hmm, exactly. Although <laughs> parking, parking along the beach can be <laughs> awful, but if you take the time to walk... You get your exercise in, and you can go to the beach. That's the beauty of California, though, you know, is you can go from the snow to the beach in one day. You would be spending on snow chains or whatever else, living elsewhere. Instead, that's being diverted to rent 
Yeah, I'm from an area that uh, it gets really cold, Cincinnati, so yeah, snow, ice, and all that. But getting back to the Rams camp, it seemed like it was the last day of school, so I didn't really get a chance to talk to any players afterwards. But like I said, I talked to Coach Aubrey, but then I met Coach Russell Turner, the men's UCI men's basketball team. And he kind of confirmed. I just let him know that, hey, we talk nicely of you. We we always make sure we highlight a lot of the UCI sports. So he was really happy to hear that. And I just told him we're going to see more of our faces. So we'll be able to attend some of the games, press conferences. You need to get you a portable mic there, Matt. I, I have a portable mic. Perfect. I, I got it. I'm, yeah. on, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Coach, I said, I noticed you uh, signed a lot of guards this time around. He goes, yeah. He goes, we're a little light on guards. And then we talked a little bit about last season. He goes, you're just a young team. And I said, despite they got off to a very poor start, I said, despite that, when it got the Big West Conference play, they played really well. And then they got in the Big West Conference tournament, and it's just like three games in three days. It's so tough. three games in three days, and they made it to the championship game and just, you know, lost out. They're just a young team. But now they got help. I mean, fatigue was definitely, that has to factor into it. UCI basketball gets these great players, and they're the class of the conference. When you think about Big West basketball, they're in the Big West, right? You said it. I said it. The Big West. I said it. The Big West Conference. I, was, I got worried for a second. I said the WCC. It's up too well, early. I'm not going to correct you on that. I- <laughs> The one thing, oh gosh. Yeah, the one thing that I won't be able to correct you on, so take advantage of it. All right, we'll do. I'll just say, we're glad to have you in here, so hopefully you're, you're learning a lot from us. No, I am. I, I, like, to, I like to always be learning, and, I am, and I'm trying to follow as, as best as I can with the, the knowledge that I have. And what you were talking about, too, with them being a young team, it, it does take practice. It's not like, they're, right. it's not like our teams are going to be you know, the best of the best overnight, so this is a valuable experience for them, I'm sure. In the Big West, the guard play is what's key. Look at what UC Davis did. UC Davis just was so much faster because they would play guys that were under 6'6". They, the, their tallest person on the court for a starter was under 6'6". And we're blessed. I mean, that that's tall in standards, but yeah. for basketball, it's not yeah, that tall. I mean, yeah. no. I, it, here at UCI, we've been blessed with the guys that have been like 7'5 and 7'3". Well, they, they had like, a, a, yeah, Giannis Dimacopoulos from a couple years ago. He was 7'3", but you watch this guy play. He could shoot three pointers uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's yeah, that very deep european style play but we're blessed to have coach russell turner i mean he's entering his ninth season here tremendous amount of basketball knowledge and yes he knows dale brown if you know shaquille o'neal or know of shaquille o'neal he coached mm-hmm. him in college wow and uh, you got him here in the studio well actually he called in from baton rouge so yeah, so we used the phone so that's how that's the importance of the phone yeah. of patching in here that's close enough the patching in that's yeah. but i met yeah. him you know several years ago but it's just a really really nice man matt mm-hmm. and i really truly enjoyed having him on the show regardless if it's via phone uh, we'd love to have him in the studio it's just going to be a fun season this year with the uci sports there's so much going on the women's volleyball like i said the us uci men's basketball the uci women's basketball they had a huge improvement coach t took over the team they went from five wins to 16 wins wow yeah that's yeah, quite a recruits in so this year is going to be even better but the nice thing about this university as opposed to some of the other like you know like you say the blue bloods because a lot of the players right now are going in for one year like the really good ones one year one and done they go into the nba because they're, they're, they're just that good but what's nice about here you have really good players for your players and they're here for education as well don't you think that's really important oh, to be able to have both yeah, for sure. Um, I had a class actually, or excuse me, I had a classmate in a class a couple of quarters ago. Uh, I'm sure that he was on one of the sports teams. I I don't know which one. He was kind of, he was actually kind of quiet and kept to himself. But he was really tall, you know. So I assumed that somebody must have at least approached him. 
But it was really interesting because he was kind of quiet and kept to himself. So he kind of were thinking, oh, maybe he's just here to, you know, to get to pass and to, you know, get a good GPA and whatever else. But he ended up um, being being pretty creative um, with some of the. It was a creative writing class, and the stories that he wrote actually showed a lot of depth it was it was really nice and it was nice to see that other side of him too you know to see that it wasn't just you know this tall guy who was this athlete but that he also had that that um creative depth to him and that he was encouraged in in this class oh yeah that's definitely a big thing i mean you look at uh what happened to lebron james this past season some person on um i think it was fox news told him to shut up and dribble quote unquote Oh man, he he tore into her, and he's now creating a documentary series called "Shut Up and Dribble." <laughs> the inspiration, so, right the there. Inform- gave, I mean, gave him inspiration. He, I like that how he turned it around. And he like what he's done for that school. Like he, he's starting to Just do some really good things. What he's done in his life. LeBron James grew up without a father as well. Mm-hmm. And there's two roads you could take. One, you could just whine about it. Two, you you just take control of your life. And that's what he gravitated towards sports. That's what helped mm-hmm. him. Wow, he became the greatest basketball player on the planet. Well, it helps to be a superhuman, you know. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, gifted. But but the fact that he has mind to it. I mean, he could have not done that. He could have easily got in trouble. It, it's pretty amazing. Not, yeah. yeah. There's worked on his talents. Yeah. Right. Just having a talent alone isn't going to get you where you want to be. you got to work at it. You still got to, like Dale Brown says, get up when you don't want to get up you know going to the gym when you don't want to be there you know when you're not feeling well you really got to still put in the work there's much more creative side of lebron james yeah the, i mean the yeah. work that people don't see you could be very gifted and talented on the flip side of this though what is that professional athletes say like football players the average career for your average nfl player is like two to three years so if you live and breathe football but yet you don't expound on your education and get that degree mm-hmm. They're just kind of left out in the cold. It's like that's all they did their entire life is play football. It's like, how do I function in the business world? Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories about um, star athletes who they they hit their their glory days, and it's you know everybody's talking about them, and then a few years later, it's like nobody remembers their name. And yeah, you can make a lot. I can't even conceive really of how much money uh, a star athlete can make. But unless you have some sort of plan to make that last for the rest of your life. You do have to be flexible. I mean, flexibility is how to succeed, really. Yeah, that's a great point because the majority of the earning power that you make as a professional athlete comes from a span of, let's say if you're really, really good, it comes from a span of 10 years. And that's supposed to last you for the next, like, if it's 10 years, you're probably in your 30s, early 30s. That's supposed to last you until you're, what, 80, 90, 100? optimistically and let's not forget all the abuse that your body has taken after all of that extensive training yeah true and all those injuries and whatever else not to mention other regular risk factors like uh I don't know, if you like to socially drink, then you might, you know, that might dock a few years off of your lifespan. It's right, and also how to transition into the professional world. Yeah. You know who's a good example of that is Justin Tuck just got a VP position as a um, vice presidential role. I think for J.P. Morgan Chase. Good for him. Yeah. There's examples that they need to look at. But there's so much going on in the sporting world, but I have to touch on a little tennis. Because something extraordinary did happen over the weekend. Okay, it's in my hometown of Cincinnati. You have the Western Southern Open. Grand Slam consists of the Australian Open, the French Open, the Wimbledon, and then coming up, the U.S. Open. The next slew of tournaments, you have nine of them. It's called the ATP 1000. 
And they've been around now in the last like 20 years. It's the modern era of tennis. You have nine of those tournaments. You know, two of them are in the U.S. Indian Wells, the Miami Open, plays on hard surface. You have the three of them on clay, Monte Carlo, the Madrid Open, the Italian Open. Nadal won all those. Actually, Zverev won one of those because Nadal was upset. And then you have the Canadian Open which just was recently played, and then the Cincinnati Masters. But Novak Djokovic, for the first time, beat Roger Federer, his fourth try at the Cincinnati Final. He's now become the first player in the modern era to win all nine of these tournaments. Not not in, in a row, but in his career. They call that the Golden Masters title. Golden Masters title. How yes. did that come about? That's just what it is. When you win all nine of these tournaments, it's a Golden Masters title. It's the ATP 1000 Masters tournaments, what it is. So you get 1,000 points every time you win one of these tournaments. Uh, Now, the Shanghai one's coming up next. Roger Federer won it last year, Mm -hmm. so he has to defend those points. If he doesn't make it to the final... He's going to lose points. He pretty much has to win the the tourney just to keep his points. It's Hmm. difficult being at the top. (laughs) But I just think it's impressive. So Novak Djokovic is back. He's back. Novak was out with an injury. He was like, he won six grand slams in a matter of two years, which is really impressive. Mm -hmm. And then he was out with an injury. And then it was Federer and Nadal, like all last year. And then this year, it was Federer won the Australian Open. Nadal, obviously, he's the clay master. He won the French Open. And then Wimbledon, Novak just won it. And now winning this tourney is setting up for the u.s open so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting you know for tennis and the and the men's tennis when is the u.s open here in a couple weeks okay is that cincinnati, that's in new yeah, york after, right yeah so it's after the cincinnati masters so it's it closes in like labor day weekend so it's a two-week tournament so who do you think is going to win the early prediction i say right now the way novak's playing it could go down to novak Djokovic, and uh, roger federer i mean you still can't count out rafael nadal i mean he's still playing great tennis it's not on clay is exactly. it? exactly he's not on clay that's the thing novak Djokovic. he just kind of like lost that drive to stay up top and he even said he goes you know i'm not even going to play to be number one anymore mm-hmm. and then he had that injury and everything just kind of fell off a lot of times when you're playing at high level for so long it's almost like it gets monotonous it's really hard to stay on top you and probably get burned out too exactly because then there's exactly. more and more pressure to stay on top exactly and taking those breaks as Federer took the break and then Federer had this nice run mm-hmm. winning some Grand Slams being the oldest to win some Grand Slams oh. I mean he's the oldest to win the Australian Open how old is he he's 36 going to be 37 wow and usually in the tennis years it's uh that's up there yeah I think that's up there with pretty much any sport or physical activity. True. I used to um, dance ballet kind of casually, and if you're a professional, by the time I want to say you're about in your 30, 35 or so, like your your feet are destroyed, you're done. <laughs> that's crazy. And hey, you think about it too on the women's side, what Serena has done. Where, yeah. where she had a baby and all those complications, and just to make it to the Wimbledon final was astounding effort on her part. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, she's no, she's no spring chicken either. She's thirty six years old, mm-hmm. thirty five years old. So, mm-hmm. and a baby is demanding just in yeah. and of itself, no matter your what your age. Right. If you were to get a show, a PA show, what would it be? I uh, I'm still brainstorming, but so far I'm thinking that it would be fun to have a show that talked about controversial issues and interviewed people on. Uh, controversial issues like, controversial like how so um i mean everything is controversial nowadays i'm sure that i could have you guys on to talk about some sports controversy you know um <laughs> but i figure 
at the very least, if there was ever a slow news day, I could always interview somebody about Israel and Palestine, and that could fill me up for weeks. How much time do we have? Just about two minutes. Give me the controversy in a minute and a half of Space Force. Oh, my coffee must still be kicking in. I thought that you were talking about another sports movie that I had. No, <laughs> I was talking about well, Space Force. Of Space Jam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen since I was like eight years old. <laughs> you know, but you know what? Even then, I still, that's not something that I have researched much about. Um, problem is the money. Problem is the money. It, it's always the money. Every, the, that's as, the problem with everything, soon, isn't yeah, it? As soon it as that whole issue got brought up, everyone was like, "Oh, but what about funding for this? And what about our defense budget? And what about uh, Medicare and Social Security and education? Because those are always the things that get brought up every single time. If you're never sure, you know, what to say on a given topic, you can just bring those up and pretend like you know what you're talking about. But in this case, I do think that that is a, a genuine. A genuine concern. It does seem like a sort of a, a sleight of hand. Let me misdirect your attention onto this controversial thing that I've said to distract you from the Mueller probe. Way better than I could have put in it. Thank you. And give her a little backdrop music because mm-hmm. that was just well said. It's well said. Thank you. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, thank you for you know, j- joining us here. Oh, I know you thank had, you for having me. Hopefully you learned a lot today. I did, yeah. And then you learned a tremendous amount from Claudia Chambal to Ask a Leader. Oh, are you staying around for hers standard. too? Uh, I have not signed up to do so, but oh. I suppose I could. I don't have any. You, can, you kind of alluded to that she was sticking around. No, I'm just saying that she could, you know, she's probably got an intern coming on too, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No? <laughs> but just, nope. listen, just listen to her introduction. She does a, a fabulous job. But anyway, this concludes uh, this episode of Sports Matters, a little mixture of uh, learning about English and we had to keep it interesting. Politics. But yes. Anyway, but you can reach us on KCI.org. Click on Sports Matters. It takes you over to SoundCloud. You hear our most recent podcast. But until then. I've met so many who've had fascinating ways. A fascinating game.